the scripture that I've always wondered the basic meaning of what the Lord was speaking about. I've heard every story in the 60 years that I've been around Pentecost. I've heard everything that could be heard of revelations and so forth. And I'll share with you some of them tonight. But I want to share with you what the Lord gave me of the revelation of these two verses of Scripture. Verse number 31. Wherefore I say unto you, all manners of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. In other words, the accusations against God, saying, in other words, was not when you was in the world, did you not use the Lord's name in vain? Did you not use accusations against him? Blaming him for things of, that we was very careless, not realizing what we really was saying, and yet we said it. And the Bible says, Whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Now the reason why that God dealt with me, because I've pastored the same church going on 25 years, now a senior pastor of the church, and I have seen many people walk by the wayside that felt like everything was right, and yet they would swear within themselves that they were right. But yet the laws of God that had been given to them in earlier years of life, they had forsaken and uh, laid them aside somewhere and does not believe what the Word of God has to say. And then God began to deal with me about this. Let's bow our heads and pray. Master, what a privilege it is to come to thee, O Lord, tonight, to open our hearts unto thee. Speak to your people, Lord, tonight, we pray, God. Speak to thy servant, God, that he may deliver, God, that which you've given him. Lord, lay your hand upon us tonight and help us, O Lord. Strengthen us, O Lord, by your word we pray, O Master. In the name of Jesus, we ask you, Lord, for help. Grant it, O Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. amen. You can be seated. You don't need to turn there, but in the book of Jeremiah, the 26th chapter and verse number 18, it has these words, Zion shall be plowed like a field. What he's saying is that the church is going to be preached, the real church is going to be preached in all directions and all ways. You know, we're living in a world today that I, uh, especially in Mississippi and the southern states, I live in Texas, they, they take the old plow and they take and uh, I mean the old tractor and put a disc behind it and instead of digging up the ground deep they run the disc over it and just make a kind of dig it up a little bit and they feel like that's good enough but the part of the country where I come from they drop the drop the old plow down about 12 inches and got real deep with it and began to throw over the soil amen and they wanted they didn't want the weeds and so forth of the of what was on top of the ground. They wanted it covered up, use it for fertilizer, and also make the ground stronger and save a lot of problems there. That's the way the church is today as a whole. Amen. They like to hear something that'll make their feet get on the floor and dance a little bit. They want something to tickle their soul where they'll feel good. 
but never get down to the depth of the root of their soul as it needs to be fed. And I want to preach to you tonight by the help and grace of God. The Bible said, Zion, amen, will be plowed like a field. It's going to be plowed deep. Amen. I want us to look at some things here. Blaspheming. What does the word blaspheme mean? It means maliciously, distraction, abuse, use in things, abuse the, the things that's held in high esteem of God. I thought for many years being taught that blasphemy of the Holy Ghost was the rejection, was the rejection of God. In other words, I won't pray tonight, but I'll pray tomorrow night. And as a young boy, I remember saying to my mother and dad, spring has left and summer's nigh and fall's coming, and yet I'm still not saved. And I was born and raised in a very liberal church, very liberal. If you wonder why I'm strong in holiness like I am, because it took a strong church to persuade this old boy that I needed something. I wanted to feel something that was real, not something that was puffed up or just something shallow. Glory. Our church should be power-packed by the Holy Ghost that God has given us. Amen. I always thought that blaspheming the Holy Ghost, and I heard it preached, the fact was that because that uh, you're rejecting God and continually rejecting God, that finally after a while God said, I don't want you. I, I, can't, I can't go along with that, and I never did really go along with that, but yet uh, it had some meaning within my heart. I know that some of you have felt probably maybe perhaps the same way. And in the book of Romans, the first chapter, and we know that's the perverted chapter of the hour that we're living in today, speaking about the perverts and so forth. But I want us to look at some verses of Scripture here. Verses chapter number 1, verse number 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. We have a multitude of people that is holding this precious truth, so they say, in unrighteousness. And God is not satisfied in the hour we're living today of that type of religion and calling by his name. Everyone say, praise the Lord. When righteousness comes to you and the holiness of God comes to you, amen, I want you to know it's time for to walk straight. Amen, it's time to praise him and love him and not give him part of your life, but all of your life. God doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. Amen. You can be seated. It reminds me of something that happened here just a few months ago. You see, the devil always has a way of Finigling to, to get your victory. I was up at the gas station here, total gas station there in Box Springs, Texas, uh, about three months ago, I guess it was, two months ago, about three months probably, be more like it. And I was putting gas in my car, and, and, and a real distinguished man, black man, walked up to me, and he said, uh, I'm looking for a reverend, and uh, he named his name, and I said, I know him, but he's not, I really don't know where he lives, and I really don't know where his church is at, but I've heard from him. I've heard about him because I've been here for a long, long time. But I said, I'm a minister. I said, can I help you? He said, yes, sir, you can. 
He said, how would you like to have a donation? Man, every preacher wants a donation. I mean, he'd be a fool not to want some money once in a while. <laughs> he said, now he said, uh, I need to talk to you. Well, I put the $20 of the gas in the car. And so I got inside right there at the pumps, and it was noontime, about 1 o'clock, I guess. And I, I sat behind the wheel, and he sat over there, and he said, now, I want to tell you something. He said, my boss is a very rich man. He's got lots of money. And he sent me over here, a mission from Africa. And uh, he said, uh, I've got too much money with me. And he said, what I want to do for you, sir, he said, is this. I want to give you $25,000 in cash money, and you spend it like you want to spend it. But he said, if you would, he said, maybe give some a little bit to the poor people. And, but he said, I want you to take, but he said, now, I don't need no record of this. He said, I don't want no, no, uh, nothing whatsoever. He said, I just want you to take it. And I want you to use it like you want to use it. And, and uh, he reached into this little satchel that he had. And Brother Rick and I ain't never saw so much money in all my life. That man had rolls. I mean, talking about choke a cow. <laughs> Brother, he had choke five cows. I mean, he... <clears throat> That boy had money. And he said, and here it is. And he said, what do you think about this? And I said, I'm not interested. He said, what? You mean to tell me you don't want this money? I said, no, sir. I don't want it. I said, I wouldn't know what to do with it. <clears throat> I said, number one, I said, I said I'm, I'm an old-time apostolic preacher. I said, uh, uh, my, my, my wages have always come from sacrificial dollars. And, I, and, and, and before I knew what I was doing, I was trying to talk to him. I said, hey, there's still some preachers that still love the real God of heaven. Hey, you're not buying me. You say, ridiculous preacher, that man offered you $25,000. I never saw the man before in my life and probably have never seen him again. Amen, but I didn't want my soul to be touched with something that was unpure, unclean, and unholy. Hey, the devil will come along every once in a while and say, Hey, what's all this here going on? You don't need to do all of that. You don't need to live that holy. You don't need to live like that. Hey, come on, let's have a time. Praise the Lord. I've got relatives that said, come on, you need to be like we are. Come on, Jimmy, don't act like that. We're together. We're brothers and sisters. I tell you, said, no, I'm not your brother either. Hey, Amen, I'm different than what you are. Hey, what I preach is a lot different than what you are. Hey, Amen, I've got something that's real. It's called the Holy Ghost. One said, come on, let's sing a song. I said, sorry, honey, I got my harp hung on a willow, and I'm in a strange country, and I can't sing. Glory! Everyone say praise the Lord. You can be seated. I'm going to get off my text here. He said, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Let me go back to that $25,000. I walked away. <laughs> I went down to man's reworking my old antique car that the church gave me. And... Uh, I, I, I told one of the brothers what had happened. He said, well, man, I don't know whether I could have done that or not, Brother Davis. <laughs> I said, before I knew what I was saying, I said, 
I'm not interested. Holy Ghost done spoke ahead. And I just wonder, what will be the price for your soul? Will it be that little child that you got that Johnny got run over in the Sunday school class and you got mad at the teacher? And then the preacher come up and told you that he was right and the teacher was right and you didn't like it so you packed your suitcase and went down the street to see if you could find somebody that would love you down there? That wasn't in my notes. That's not in my notes, but that's just, that's just some free stuff anyway. I'm talking about the love of the truth. The love of the truth. I want to tell you the forefathers. My mother and dad loved this truth. I want to tell you what, he was, they was, they was, oh, I could spend an all night preaching to you tonight. He loved the church so much that I want you to know that he even changed jobs to, to in order to be able to work at the house of the Lord in the daytime where he'd get us boys out of bed and go down there and work all day long to lay brick and mix mud and so forth and hand him blocks and stuff to build the old sanctuary. There was a love for it. There was a love for that church. He loved that church. And someone would say, hey, your boy done this. And I'd tell him, I said, Dad, I'm innocent. He said, well, you're going to get a whipping anyway, son. He said, this is for the times you didn't get caught. <laughs> He's right and you're wrong. I don't care what you say. He's wrong. He's right and you're wrong. Don't matter what's going on. Oh, not today. It's a different horse of a different color today, it seems like. The love of the truth. The love of the truth. Glory. They spread rumors on the old pastor, the, the one that dad had and the one my, my first pastor ever had. And they spread lies upon him. And the people said, oh, said, it must be true, I guess. I guess it must be true. And, and the pastor said that he was innocent and, and he was not guilty. And, and dad said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll stand with you till the day you die. I will not move. I will not. I'll, I'll tell everybody. Amen. It's a lie. It's a lie. Because the man of God said it was true. And it's true. It don't matter what anybody said. And I want to tell you, when my daddy died, there was one man in his life. He, meant he didn't care who it was that talked about it. He was the finest man that ever walked in shoe leather. That man was in the part of his heart. He loved that man regardless. And the truth of God reigned in his soul all the way to the grave. He died full of the Holy Ghost 40 years in the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you what, this is not only just to live by, it's to die by. From, from the life to the grave. Amen. This is real. Everyone say praise the Lord. He said God's mercy is so deep and so big. And unbelief begins to break off a lot of things that, that the branches and so forth. Amen, that, that is unlike God. Amen. God spared not the natural branches. Amen. Do you think that he's going to spare you? Do you think he's going to spare the Gentile church? And he didn't even spare the natural branch? You think God's going to overlook sin just because you got the Holy Ghost? Just because you put a little money in the offering plate, you think God's going to take care of that? No, no. I want to tell you something. We're living in the hour. In the hour of the coming of God. And God wants his church cleaned and plowed. Right. 
he said, what about the roots? Amen. What about the roots? How deep are they? How is your, your walk with God, the unseen, the secret part of your life, when no one's around? What, where's your heart at? Where's your God at? In the secretness, in the secret places. Oh, I can preach many times on many subjects in between what I'm going to preach about tonight. But the secret chambers of the soul. Let's go a little farther here. I've got a long ways to go. The roots, what are they made out of? No one but God knows. And you. And then the preacher every once in a while gets a glimpse of what the problem is. Preacher, what are you preaching tonight? It's because I saw a face today in prayer. I saw a face today in prayer. Amen. That's something that the Lord was talking to me about. This is what I want you to preach about blaspheming the Holy Ghost. All right, let's go a little bit farther here. The tongue itself. The tongue itself is going to send a lot of people to hell. Amen. The root of that tongue. Amen. And the difference of the root that you have with God. Your prayer life. I have preached in some of the most deadest churches that ever lived. I've walked in Sunday. It was twice dead and plucked up at the roots. In fact, the pastor told me, he said, go ahead and start service. He said, I'll be up in a little while. He said, i got to stay on this cornfield for a while. I mean, he said, you know, I've had a rough day. He said, you just go ahead and close it out. He said, I'll go on down. I'm going to take the bed early tonight. Brother, I tell you, I've been in places and talking about dead. Man told me, he said, we ain't had nobody get the Holy Ghost around here in 20 years. He said, he said I hadn't got no piano player. But he said, I've got, a, I've got a, a, a church of God or assembly of God, which it was. He said, I've got a piano player. Do you mind if she plays? I said, no, let her be vacant. You mean you'd rather not have no music? No, let's just let her, let it sit, honey. Let the thing sit. I'd rather have no music and have, have a pure church. Hey, you're odd. You're mighty right, I'm odd. But I learned it all at the altar. He called me to preach five nights for him. And I preached the first night and it was dead. The second night it was dead. The third night it was dead. The fourth night is dead like the rest of them was. And the fifth night, it, wasn't, it, was, it was just as real quiet as could be. And I said, let's everyone stand. And they stood. I had prayed a long time that day. I looked over on the side and I saw a woman weeping. And I said, boy, that was my chance. I walked over there, laid hands on her, and the Holy Ghost hit her. And she shouted and danced all over the place. And they said, whoo, she'd been praying for a long time. I didn't know there was a chronic seeker been praying for 20 years in the church. I said, hey, come here. He walked up there, laid hands on him, and God began to touch him, and he walked away with the Holy Ghost, worshiping, praising God, and died with the Holy Ghost years later. And we had another visitor there, and I said, I said, come here. And he come up, and I prayed for him. He didn't get what he needed, so I said, sit down. Let me preach a little bit. I preached a little bit. He come back up three, got the Holy Ghost that night, and they said, we have never seen it quite like this before. 
I want you to look at some things here. I'm drifting away as God began to deal with me. Hallelujah. Brother Reagan, I want you to read. Amen. Second Peter, the first chapter, verses 18 through 21. Amen. Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verses 14 and 15. It speaks about at least a little root of bitterness. Now, I want to talk about a little root of bitterness now for just for a few minutes. Just that little root of bitterness. I remember after I got the Holy Ghost, boy, the devil worked overtime on me. I mean, he didn't want me to have anything of God whatsoever. And the preacher got up one night, and boy, did he ever preach about missing Sunday school. And I only missed one Sunday morning. And all the time that I had the Holy Ghost, I missed one Sunday morning. And I sit there, and I sit the nerve of that man. What does he expect? I've been here every service. And he's just, I mean, he, he drove the nail in and clinched it over on the other side. And he just kept on and kept on and kept on and kept on. And I, I was one of these guys that, you know, go pray and talk in tongues and love the Lord. You know, I said, I'll just, man, I'll just wait till I get home. I'll just pray at home, you know, and everything. And I'd get home and I, I'd begin to pray. And I couldn't feel like I needed to pray. I just couldn't feel what I needed as I was praying. And, and, and this went on for a whole week. And, and I come back to church. I said, well, it'll be all right. And, but it wasn't there. It was a root that was there. And all of a sudden I walked up to the pastor and I said, brother, get the oil and pray for me, would you? He said, are you sick, Brother Davis? I said, am I sick? I am sick. I am desperately sick. In fact, I'm so sick, I hate you. And I want you to get it out of me. Take the oil, anoint me, get this out of me. I don't want this in me. I love you. I don't want it there. And all of a sudden, when he poured it all upon me, oh, I felt it like Aaron, Aaron running down his beard. I didn't have no beard, but... Man, he just run down. Oh, the refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Listen, I want to tell you, if I hadn't got that root out, I'd have died in my sins. I could have not amounted to nothing. I've never done anything for God. Amen. But the root of bitterness, amen, would have been there. Brother Greg, I want you to read now. Would you read for me? First, uh, amen. Everyone say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Read uh, First, Second Peter 1, 18 and 19. Eight, 18 through 21, I'm sorry. And the voice which came from heaven we heard. And the voice that came from heaven we heard. When we were with him in the holy mount. When we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. All right. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. If you take heed. Right. Go ahead. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Right. Until the day dawn. Right. And the day star arise in your heart. Till it arises in your heart. Knowing this first, that no prophecy, no prophecy of the scripture, of the scripture, is of any private interpretation. It, but it, any private in, interpretation. For the prophecy came not. For the prophecy came not. In the time by the will of man. By the will of man, it did not come by the will of man. But by holy men. Of but God. by holy men of God. Spake as they were moved. Spake as they were moved by the Holy, by the holy Ghost. Now, let me just share with you right now what I'm talking about. Amen. People today say, well, that's just the old preacher preaching. How do you know he's in the Holy Ghost or he's by the man that he's talking about? 
Now, I want to tell you something. I read the text to you. I want, Brother Regan, I want you to read it again. I want you to get it clear in your mind. Matthew 12, 31 and 32. Amen. He said, holy men spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We're living in a world today, they say, that's what the preacher says. That's what the preacher says. But what does it say? Matthew 12, 31, 32. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner, all manner of sin and blasphemy, and all sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto me. Shall be forgiven. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven. Wait a minute now. The Holy Ghost. How do you know when I'm in the Holy Ghost and when I'm not in the Holy Ghost? He said you can curse the sky and curse my name and you'll be forgiven. But you can't blaspheme the word or the Holy Ghost. Oh, let's lift our hands. Let the Lord talk to us tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we are professional Christians today. We're not afraid of anything. We can talk about our brother. We can run down our brother or our sister and feel confidence that nothing will ever happen to us. Amen. That's what's wrong with the church world today. If we would fall to our knees and begin to die, that we'd have a revelation of who he is and the power of God would sweep the congregation. Let's go a little farther now. Now, what is a God-called preacher? First Timothy 3, 1 through 7. Would you read it for me, Brother Riggin? Amen. Everyone say, praise the Lord. The thing of it is, we are not afraid. There's no fear in us. Hello. I want to say, boy, I'm glad you brought me a lunch tonight where I can preach for a while. Read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a true saying. This is a true saying. A man desire the office of a bishop. Well, this one, this one old boy didn't desire that office, I'll tell you. <laughs> I wanted, man, when I got to make an announcement, I was in the insurance business. Amen. And, and my knees knocked together. And I'll never forget, I mean, man, I want to do anything but preach. And, First place I ever went to, I helped this man for a while. Brother Tommy Kraft, I was helping him. And the place was full of people, about 500 people that morning. And he looked at me, he said, Brother Davis, I want you to close this thing out. I'm going back, back to the back door back there and greet with everybody as they walk out the door. Amen. And I walked up there and my knees about a knock and I didn't know much about anything. Amen. I didn't know what uh, charisma was. I didn't know nothing. I'd been a little bit to Bible school, but just saying I've been there, that's about all. And I got up and I prayed for a few minutes. I said, you're all disfellowshipped in Jesus' name. Go home. <laughs> I walked away from it. I said, my Lord, you dummy, you, what did you do? Man, I thought, man, my employment around here is going to be very short. <laughs> if I'm lying, I'm dying. You ask my wife. And you know, nobody heard it. I can't figure this day. If they did, they said they just raced it out of their mind or something. And I was waiting for the pastor to nail my hide, and he just as kind and friendly as could be. I'm shaking hands with others, you know, and nobody said nothing. I thought, all I know is God just put a stopper in there. 
and they couldn't hear what I was saying. Boy, God knows how to look over the feeble-minded. Go ahead. He desireth a good work. He desireth a good work. A bishop then must be blameless. A bishop must be. Well, you know, it's hard for him to get his wife under subjection. And, you know, it's just, uh, I'm a preacher though, bless God. I had a man in my church one time, he said, what I want to know is when are you going to let me preach? I said, uh, I said, well, I said, when God tells me. He said, well, I'm going to find me another place around here if you don't let me preach. I said, here's the door. Let it don't hit you on the way out. I said, get with it, man. He said, what I want to know, he says, why can't I preach? I said, get your house under subjection first. Hey, your wife don't believe anything you said. Your children look at you and mock you. If you ain't got nothing, honey, I want to tell you what a man that stands behind this blessed death, he been ought to be blameless. He needs to be clean. He needs to be pure where the Holy Ghost can talk through him. We got too many false prophets in our churches. We got too many preachers that ought to have been plowmen out there somewhere. Amen. They don't pray. They don't seek God. They don't read the word of the Lord. They don't trust him for what God has got for them. They're not blameless. Go ahead. The husband of one wife. Oh, I mean, after all, it was her fault. I have every reason in the world to remarry her. Really? You may, but stay away from that blood desk there. I got news for you, honey. I ain't going to sit under no man's been married before. Mm-hmm. Boy, I know. I, I'm going to hit a lot of sour notes, and you just, if you can't give me a nod, a Baptist nod, say amen anyway. Blameless. Can't find anything wrong with him. Check his record, and it looks good. Amen. Go ahead and read some more. Vigilant. Go ahead. Sober. Sober. Of good behavior. Of good behavior. Given to hospitality. Given to hospitality. Apt to teach. He's a teacher. Go ahead. Not given to wine. Not given to wine. No striker. Nor striker. He's not, not a, he's not a fighter. Go ahead. Not greedy of filthy lucre. Oh, money, 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 money. You know, I tell you what, if I take this church, you've got to put out so much money. I mean, after all, I mean, I've got, I've got a $500 car payment, and I've got to, I've got to have a nice place to live. I'm not going to live like, uh, you know, like some live, you know. I want to live in that, maybe that's $1,000 a month. I mean, hey, if you're going to let me pastor, you're going to have to have the money. Hey, man, I want to tell you what, when I, God called me, hey, man, I went to places, uh, hey, man, I gave the offering back to them. You say, hey, he's not money hungry. Hey, man, I'll tell you what, I gave more money back to the work of God than some of you have made in a lifetime. Hello. It's not for money. It's not greed. It's not a name. It's not fame. Amen. It's preaching the Lord and lifting him up. He said, If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Read some more. Patient. Patient. Oh, patient. Go ahead. Not a brawler. Not a brawler. Go Not ahead. Not covetous. A covetous. Go ahead. One that ruleth well his own house. Oh, one that... You can be seated. Let me just sit on this for a few minutes. One that the children have highest respect of honor. All right. 
When I preach in my oldest boy's church, this is the way he introduces me. I want my dad to come. He's the finest man that ever walked in shoe leather. He's the fi- I've worked with him for many years. And he's set the principles of my life. I want him to come tonight and minister the word of the Lord. When he got sick, when he gets sick, amen, instead of calling the local doctor, he calls me on the phone and said, Dad, I've got to go to the pulpit tonight. I'm very sick. But if you'll pray for me, I'll be able to accomplish that which God wants me to do. Would you pray? Both of my boys, the same way. My daughter, they get sick and afflicted. Said, Daddy, if you'll pray. Glory, I'll tell you what I think. And every child ought to write an autobiography of their daddy, which is a preacher. Their prayer life, their attitude, their giving, their surrender. Oh, I'm just all over the field tonight. The children to rule the family well. If I gain the world and lose my soul, what's it profiting me? I was preaching in West Texas one time. And I'll be honest, I got so hard that, I mean, I, I was looking for someone to pull out a gun to shoot me. I really was. I, I mean, I've had that done before. And uh, I, I was looking for it. And finally, I mean, it's just going to, we say, shut up. You know what I told him? I said, let me just tell you, we got a few minutes here tonight. I got my lunch under here, it looks like. It looks like it's a good one. I, I got a preaching. I said, some of you, I said, you remind me of my daddy's story that he told me one time. And my wife, she, she tell you, I told it. I said it. I preached it. Hard. Very hard. And I said, the neighbor was a sheep raiser, and my dad was a little fella and had a dog, a feist dog. Neighbor came over and said, your dog is killing my sheep. And, and Grandpa said, no, 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 not that dog. That dog is kind. He never hurt nobody, never touched anything. He's so sweet and kind. And the neighbor said, well, he may be sweet and kind, but he's killing my sheep. He said, would you get your boy to crawl into the house and get him out? And said, we'll pry his mouth open and look in the back of his mouth, see if there's wool there. And if there's wool there, then we know that he's guilty. And if he's not, well, then he's not the dog. They pulled the dog out and they opened his mouth and there was wool in the back of his mouth. And my grandpa told my dad, said to get a rope, tie him around the neck, put it to the tree and let him be out there. So he did. Dad and my grandpa reached behind, got his shotgun, blowed his head off. And dad said, I just wept and cried. He said, my dad put me around his arm. He said, now son, said, the dog's no good. He said, once it gets the blood in their mouth, they'll go back out and kill another one. And I looked at that church. I said, I want to tell you something. I said, you got preacher killing blood in your mouth. I ought to take a shotgun and kill every one of you. Honey, come on, there's some people in our churches, amen, that hate a preacher and all the time cutting him and all the time slandering him, all the time talking about him. My God, fall to your knees and pray through and don't let it send you to hell, my friend. Glory. Some of you don't like what I just said. I said it anyway. Hallelujah. Glory. And I got them. They got so mad. They looked at me. He's mad. Mexicans, a bunch of them. I mean, I love the Mexican people, but man, there was some there that was hot. He's mad. I said, oh God, what am I going to do now? 
I mean, here I am, here lies feeble servant. Lord, what are you going to do? I mean, I was stretching. I was looking for. A, <laughs> there wasn't no door around her either. Get out of either. And the Lord said, bring them up front. All right. I said, y'all come on up front. And when they walked up front, I said, I'm going to pray for you. And they just looked at me. And I walked over and I said, in the name of Jesus. Poof. Name of Jesus. Poof. And the whole church laid crossways one another out. And they didn't even know what was going on. And I just walked through the midst. And I said, thank you, Lord. And one elderly preacher said, where did you get that preacher from? Where did you get him from? He said he come from Dallas. Oh, I wouldn't believe anything he said. And so the pastor said, let me ask you a question. How many children have you got? He said, six. He said, it was six. He said, how many are living for God and how many is in the church? He said, well, not any right now. He said, well, the man that preached us tonight has two boys. Both of them are preachers, pastors. And he said, and his daughter's been in the church all of her life, leading the choir. And so they all live for God. He said, I believe I'll listen to him more than what I'll listen to you because you ain't got no evidence. Well, that went over real good. You through reading that, brother? All right, let's read some more. Having his children in subjection with all gravity. Oh, his children under subjection. Sit. I don't want to sit. Sit anyway. Glory. How can you rule the people of God when... Your own family's wild terrors and so forth. I'm sorry. I, I, I'd like to put a resolution to the United Pentecostal Church before anyone gets on the platform and preaches at conference time for their whole family to stand behind them. And then I'll listen to what he's got to say if the family looks right. Put it in, boys. I'll vote. <laughs> Amen. Read some more. That's pretty strong, isn't it? For if a man know not how to rule his well, own house. Well, if he house, can't even rule his own children, how can he rule the house of God? That's what he said. Right. I mean, how can, you know, like these marriage counselors, they won't tell you how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. When they've been divorced five times themselves. Yeah. Right. They can't help you. Glory. Everyone say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Holy man wasn't afraid to preach. Amen. I'm talking about blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. I want you to read the text again. 1231 and 32. Amen. The 12th chapter of Matthew. Wherefore I say unto you. Wherefore I say unto you. All manner of sin and blasphemy shall be All manners of sin. Oh, preacher, I've done some terrible things. And well, God said he'd forgive you. I had a man one time, you can be seated, man. I had a man one time come up to me and he said, the preacher said, I got a problem. I said, what's your problem? He said, I murdered a man. I said, that's bad. He said, I've been in jail for many years. But I paid the days. And, and uh, he said, I'm a, I'm a wino. He said, I drink a quart of wine every day. I said, that's bad. You want deliverance? Yeah. Well, God forgive me. I said, sure will. He sure will. You recognize you need deliverance and you've confessed of what you was. And 
I said, he said, I just don't believe he will. I said, I believe he will. I said, let's just try him out. See what he does. Lift your hands and ask God to forgive you. And so he lifted his hands and I laid hands on him with all in the name of the Lord. And he fell on the floor. And when he hit the floor, he was talking in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And he jumped to his feet and he said, he did forgive me. I never dreamed that he would do that. Don't feel bad. I got a man in my church now. Just He's out on probation. He killed a man too. He said it was either his life or my life. And, and they let him out. So evidently I guess he's got more with him than he had against him. And, or something. But I saw him this week. I said, hey, I missed you Sunday in church. He said, preacher, would you pray for me? I need prayer. I want you to pray for me. I'm not telling you to, but God will forgive all manners of sin. Read a little farther than that. Why don't you hold with me, brother? But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. But the blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. Shall not be forgiven. Shall not be forgiven. Now this was the part that startled me. This is the part that, that got a hold of me. Amen. In an old Jewish law, to revile or to curse God, which means blaspheme of the Holy Ghost, the definition of it, to revile or curse God, or iniquity or mistreatment, the second thing, dishonor or disrespect the man of God, or kick in the teeth is one approach to it was, or the approach of a, an offense or an insult, or a slap in his face, that person that is sinful, amen, will fall on their face and ask God for mercy. God will forgive them. Now, when I was in the world, I was in the world. But when I fell to my knees and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I'm sorry, God. I'll be the best servant that you ever had if you'll forgive me. I was hungry. Some people forget where God brought them from. Let's go a little bit farther here tonight. Amen. That person is sinful and, and, and they're easy to fall. Uh, amen. And always justifying their sinful ways. You've got a scripture to justify what you live like. But what does God say about it? I'm getting down to where I want to get in just a few minutes here now. I'm talking about blaspheming. All sins are forgiven except blaspheming against the Holy Ghost. You ain't going to hear this in no other church. Amen. Because they're afraid to preach it. But I want to share with you some things. In 2 Thessalonians, Brother Regan, if you would read second chapter, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 10 and 12. And it tells us the reason for this, of these things. I want you to read. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness all right. in them that perish, right. because they received not the love of the truth. They did not love the truth. That they might be saved. That they might be saved. For this cause God. For this cause God shall God. see. Now, wait a minute. Now, you know, I've heard people say, that preacher put an X on you if you come to that place. Oh, no. I mean, 
Old Davis will put an X on you if you don't live right there. But he said, God, God shall send them strong, shall send them strong delusions, delusions that they should believe a lie. Wait a minute, just a minute. Strong delusions. You will believe a lie and be damned. You believe that that is the truth. I had a man that used to walk the pews, the tops of the pews in my church. I used to have a man that would shout. He had the most beautiful shout it was. But all of a sudden he got mad at the preacher. And he tells everybody, well, there's nothing wrong with a beer once in a while. I still sing in the United Pentecostal Choir. And the same church, hey man, they got men that sing in the choir that's even got little rings in their belly button and in their ear. And they advertise, just come like you are and be a part of us. Honey, I'm not a part of that. I'm not a part of that. When the Dallas Cowboy game came to Dallas, amen, they went out there and danced out in the, out in the middle because a man that used to be in our church's backslid is a policeman and he saw them and told his mother and his mother told us what was going on at that place. Love not the truth. God will send you. God shall. God shall. God shall. That's like Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sin. And ye shall. God shall send you strong delusions. Uh, that you'll believe a lie. And be damned. Hard preaching never drove anybody away. It drives them to the altar. Glory. Strong delusions. Strong delusions. I don't see anything wrong with that. What's wrong with that? I mean, the same man. What's wrong with these things? I'm singing in the choir. I'm paying my tithes. I'm going to church. You mean I'm going to hell? As quick as... Amen. As anybody can go, you're going that direction. They love not the truth. Let's go a little bit farther here. Hallelujah. Everyone say praise the Lord. Amen. Malachi, the first chapter. Read for me. I'm going to let you do some reading for me here, brother, where we can hurry this thing. Malachi, the first chapter, verses 1 through 3. It speaks about a man by the name of Esau. Why did God hate Esau? Why did God hate him? I mean, can you see that he, he was a, really all that hard of a man? Can you find that he was that, I mean, he gave a sacrifice to God? It wasn't a sacrifice God wanted, but he gave a sacrifice. The very best he had. Read. The burden of the word of the Lord to Israel by Malachi. I have loved you, saith the Lord. I love you, saith the Lord. Go ahead. Yet you say, wherein hast thou loved us? Go ahead. Was not Esau Jacob's brother? Was not his, his brother? Saith the Lord, yet I love Jacob. I love Jacob. That deceiver, that ungodly man, that man was sitting on the corner to chisel his brother out of everything. Yeah. Glory. He was a crook. Right. He was a thief. 
took, look at his father-in-law's cattle, how he took his cattle. His wife even took his God and put it under and sat on it. And yet he said, I love Jacob. But Esau, I hated him. Because he cared not about spiritual things. Now I'm going to tell you what's happening now we're living today is the fact that the church as a whole is separating themselves from spiritual things of God. Hello. I better hurry. I'm going to spend too long here. Judges is the 13th chapter. Read for me if you would. Verses 19 and 20. Brother Regan, if you would. God hated Esau because he did not like spiritual things. Some of you that don't like to pray, amen, it may not belong to you. Be walking out wondering why you walked out. Pick up the things of the world and say, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Hello. Go ahead. Judges. Let me get my glasses again. Judges, the 13th chapter, verses 19 and 20. So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering. With a meat offering. And offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. He offered it to the Lord on a rock. Go ahead. And the angel did wondrously. Oh. You know, it's just amazing what God does at an altar. Oh, it's the truth. And this angel just done flip-flops. Oh, this is something. An altar. Yeah. At an altar of prayer, I met Jesus yeah. with compassion. He welcomed me there with a heart full of love and mercy. He saved me at an altar of prayer. Oh, you know, it's, it's strange what an altar will do. It's strange what the direction that and the angels come and visit him at the altar. That's all I wanted, that part. The altar is what changes you. You know, when I got the Holy Ghost and I went back to the, the liberal people where I was born and raised with, they said, Oh, yeah, you must be sitting under a clothesline preacher. No, he hadn't mentioned any clothes. Hadn't mentioned no clothesline either. <laughs> you know, it's really something. I, I walked in that church and I told my wife, I said, it, I, 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 something in this place. It's not like it, the old church was. I mean, my wife said, you going to do something about it? I said, no. She said, well, I am devout Baptist. She said, I am. I can't stand this. Amen. It wasn't long that I couldn't stand it either because the presence of God was so real. Amen. Let's turn to the book of Romans, the 10th chapter. Brother Regan, read for me if you would, verses 14 through 17, and then drop down to verse number 21. I'm hurrying to a close. Romans, the 10th chapter, verses 14 through 17. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The greatest thing was in my life was a preacher that preached to me to let me know that it was more than just a ritual, that the altar was the thing that I needed to change my life. Verse 21. But to Israel he saith all day long. I have stretched forth my hands. Unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. All day long have I stretched forth my hand. 
to come. You say, Brother Davis, is that scripture really real? I got occupied one day, and I was very busy that day. And I come home, and my wife was fixing supper. That's very unusual, I mean, because she don't know when I'm coming home. But she did that day, and I went into the lazy boy and dropped on back. And I said, Lord, I, I love you. I, I really appreciate you, Lord, for what you've done for me. And the Lord spoke to me just as clear as he's ever spoke to me. My son, my son, I've listened for your voice all day long. Forgive me, God. I was, I'm sorry I've been so busy. That's what's wrong with this church world as a whole. We're so busy. Amen. All day long. Everyone say praise the Lord. Amen. I want you to read one other verse of scripture, if you would. Matthew 7, verses 21 through 23. Now, this is another thing that I've always said blaspheme was. Everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord. Shall enter into the kingdom, shall of, enter heaven. Into the kingdom of heaven. Go ahead. But he that doeth the will of my Father. He that doeth the will of my Father. Which is in heaven. Who is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day. Many will say to me in that day. Lord, Lord. Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied? Woo! Have we not been operating in the gifts of the Spirit? Uh-huh. Man, I mean, we are something spiritual. Oh, yeah. Amen. Nine out of ten prophecies almost that go forth. Amen. As worthless as water off of a tin roof. And we say, oh, that's the Lord. Sometimes the Lord speaks things that we don't want to hear. And everyone say, praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. Haven't we prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils in thy name? Jesus looked unto them and said, hey. You've done all of these beautiful things, but I don't know you. I never, never knew you. I used to preach in years gone by, 30 years ago, 25, 30 years ago. Said That's the Trinitarian people. They never baptized in his name. They prophesied, but they never baptized. And they blasphemed the Holy Ghost. But that's not blaspheming. I want to tell you something that, that shook me. That literally shook this old boy one Saturday. I'll never be the same after that was, I got shook that day. I got a phone call from the world's worst individual. I would say that probably was in Dallas, Texas. And they said these words to me, Brother Davis. Uh, can I come back to your church? And I thought to myself, you dirty harlot, you ungodly thing, what you've done, no. You're not coming back because God's not going to be merciful to you. I thought, man, if anybody has blasphemed the Holy Ghost, you've done it. Your lifestyle, after you walked out of the house of God and turned your nature against the natural concern, amen, and done what you've done, there's no hope for your soul. She said, Brother Davis, she said, I had a dream the other night. I said, you had a dream? She said, yes. I dreamed I was in your altar praying. And I looked up at you and said, Brother Davis, is there any hope? 
she listened real quietly. She hesitates. I said, what did I say? What did I say to you? You looked at me and said, yes, the Lord will forgive you. I thought, woman, I didn't say that. There's no way I've said that. There's no way that I have actually said that. But she said, Brother Davis, ever since I've left your church, I've told everybody, there's no church like your church. I love you. I love your church. Oh, I love it so much. I've always loved it. I've always liked to work around it. I've always loved the church. But I'm backslid. I need help. Can you help me? Have you, is there any amount of hope for me? I want you to. I want you to turn to a place in the scripture that the Lord wants us to deal with here just for a few minutes. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles 36 verse 15 and 16. God spoke to me. I wanted to tell her, you rotten, nasty things, stay out, don't ever come back. I don't want nothing to do with you. And I told her, I said, all I can tell you is come and see what God will do. And let God make that decision. And as I hung up, I sat there in my lazy boy. I said, God, Lord, are you trying to talk to me? What does this mean? And then a word, one word came to me. I said, hey, that's Bible. I said, yeah, I've read that. I want you to read it. And the Lord God of their fathers. And the Lord God of the fathers. Sent to them by his messengers. Sent to him by his messengers. Rising up betimes. By many times. Every preacher comes by and preaches to you. Tells you how to live, how to act, what to do. Betimes, many times. Right, right. And sending because he had compassion on his Because people. he had compassion on you. The reason why this man of God is here is because God had compassion on you. He saw a church that was hungry for holiness. He showed, he showed a church, amen, that was ready for revival. A church that was ready to listen to what God had to say. He sent messages from be time. Go ahead. And on his dwelling place. But they mocked the messengers of but God. But they mocked the messengers of God. And despised his words. And didn't like what he had to say. I'll have a television if I want to. I'll live like I want to. Who are you to tell me what to do? I was here before you got here. I'll be here after you leave, old preacher. Hey, I'm in the Holy Ghost tonight. Some of you have listened and said, Hey, I'll live like I want to. Hey, you'll be on the outside looking in. And God will send some hungry people into this assembly. They'll love him. Put more money in this thing than you've ever put into it. You realize the church that I pastor, amen, there's less than 20 people that's there tonight that was there when I went there. I've either buried them or they moved away or went down the road. They didn't like what they heard and they can't believe what's going on because God sent hungry people. 
Read it again. The latter part. But they mock the messengers of but God. They, who's he think he is to preach like that? So what is blaspheme of the Holy Ghost? The messenger, when he preach, when he gets in the Holy Ghost, and you say, and you're the judge. Glory. You the judge. And all of a sudden, amen, you become deceived. And you feel like you're right when you're really wrong. Read it again. But they mocked the but messengers they of God. The messenger. They didn't like what he had to say. And God was sending them to preach. Right. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. They wasn't mocking him. They was mocking the leadership and the authority of the apostolic ministry into the assemblies of the church. You better listen to me because I'm on target from God tonight. Amen. You need to listen to what I got to say instead of tinkling with other things. Some of you got a long mouth. You need to close it. You need to pray through. You ain't the pastor. God knows what he's doing. God didn't send a weak individual here to preach this pastor this church. He brought a man with the word of God in his heart. You know why? Because I put it there. I put it there. I told him to preach. Hollering is not the anointing, but praying is the anointing. They hated the messenger. They hated a messenger. Right, right, right. Bulk Springs, Texas, they hate me. I told, I told some of them, I said, some people would really rejoice and jump up and down. Oh, Brother David finally got what was coming to him. He's preached so hard all these years. Amen. The, the God of heaven finally just removed them. They rejoiced over my death. They wouldn't stop if I was dying and bleeding on the street. But there's a host of people there. Amen. They'll stand up and say, come on, preach. 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 They've been delivered. They've been healed. Amen. Miracles have happened because the word of God said it would happen. Go ahead. Read the rest of it. And misused his prophets. Misused the prophets. Until the wrath of the Lord arose. Finally, the wrath God said, I'll stop it. I'll stop it. I'll throw them out. Right. And they won't know what to believe. Right. What's wrong with television? Nothing wrong with television. Nothing wrong with VCR. There's nothing wrong with, you know, I mean, what's wrong with going swimming? What's wrong with bathing suits? Nothing wrong with that. Oh. What's wrong with this? Nothing wrong with that. Come There's on. nothing wrong with nothing. Come on. Come on. Come on now. No, there's nothing wrong with it. Only going to send your soul to hell. That's all. He's coming back after a pure church, right. a holy church. Right. He sent me as a messenger in the Holy Ghost to preach to you. When you blaspheme God is when you mock that man. Right. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't get mad at him. You better not get mad at him. He said you can get mad at me. God said you can get mad at me. But you can't get mad at the messenger. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord. Shabbat Shalom.
Read Matthew 12:31-32 again. I want you to get it in your craw. I want it to live with you the rest of your life. You may talk about your brother, but you better not talk about the preacher. Some of you, God has let the grace of God, amen, cover you because of ignorance and stupidity. But after tonight, he's going to say, hey, I sent a preacher there to tell you what to do. What does it say? Wherefore I say unto you. Wherefore I say unto you. All manner of sin. And all manners of sin. Homosexuality. And I hate to see it. This filthy is ungodly. Right. Amen. Feminine. I hate them. Amen. I hate the sin. Lying, stealing, and cheating. All the things I hated. God told me one time. He said you'll never hate sin until you see sin like I see sin. And then you'll hate it. Go ahead. Shall be forgiven unto men. Shall be forgiven. Boy, isn't that beautiful? I mean, you can go out there and find the very worst of sinners. The very worst of, right, of people. Right, right. The one that is the very worst. Go ahead. But the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. Mm, but you made fun of the preacher of what he said. Shall not be forgiven. Shall unto not be forgiven. One more verse of scripture and I'm going to close. In the book of Acts, I want you to turn to the fifth chapter. Starting with verse number one, read through 11 if you would, and we're going to quit. But a certain man named Ananias. And a certain man named Ananias. With Sapphira, his wife. Sapphira, his wife. Sold a possession. Sold a possession. And kept back part of the price. Kept back part of the price. His wife also being Nobody ever it. know anything about it. Nobody ever think that he'd ever do such a thing as that. And brought a certain part. And kept a certain part. And laid it at the apostles' feet. And laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said. Whoop, the Holy Ghost is speaking now. Ananias, and I waited just a minute. Ananias probably said, that's, that's, that's our pastor. I can lie to him. Nobody oh, ever know it. Jesus. I can tell him that ah, yeah, I sold it for so much. He'll never know the difference. He'll never know what actually happened. I can go out there and get me a boat ride and flip on my bikinis and stuff and get in the water and nobody ever know. I can shout just like the rest of them. And the Holy Ghost spake through Simon Peter. And what did he say? Why has Satan filled thine heart Ooh. to lie to the you Holy lied Ghost? To what? To the Holy Ghost. No, to the Lord. To the Holy Ghost. To the Lord. To the Holy Ghost. To the preacher. To the Holy Ghost. To the Holy Ghost. Right. You see, when you do wrong, you lie and go against the Holy Ghost. My Lord, if I've ever felt like preaching, I feel like preaching tonight. We're living in a world that says, well, that's what the preacher said. Hey, you better, you're so spiritual, you can do what is God and what not is God. And his wife had the same spirit. Yeah, yeah. My Lord. I mean, they connived together. Yeah. Worked together. You're right. Lied together to the church. And what did happen? Go ahead. 
Whiles it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it what, not in thine power? Why didn't you power? tell me you were just going to give a part of it to God? Right. Why did you act like you was going to give it all to God? Right. It was yours to do what you wanted to do with it. Uh-huh. Why didn't you do it? Go ahead. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Why is that conceived? In other words, planted there. Right. What, what, what caused you to conceive this in your heart? Go ahead. Thou hast not lied unto men. You haven't lied to men. But unto God. But unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down. And and, he fell down. And gave up the ghost. And died in the church. Right. Well, I'll tell you what. If that would happen in our day, in our churches, talking about funerals, there'd be some kind of funerals happening. But I want you to listen to what happened. I want you to listen to what happened here. Go ahead and read on down now to the verse number 11. Verse 11. Yeah, verse Great 11. fear came upon all the whoa, church. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know why you do what you do? Because you've done it years and years and years. And got away with it. But listen to me. I want you to listen to me. God's church is going to be plowed like a field. And the church of the living God will be purged and clean and holy unto the Lord. And what Ananias and Sapphira thought, they, was, they would be like the rest of the people that gave all they had. But they didn't lie to Simon Peter. But they lied to the Holy Ghost. All sins are forgiven. But except the sin against the Holy Ghost. So let me tell you something. Let me warn this church. Because there's going to be casualties. Of what I'm preaching about. Because God wants his church clean. He wants it pure and holy. And some of you are saying. I wonder if he's in the Holy Ghost or not. But you better not try to find out. Because I'll tell you that I am tonight in the Holy Ghost. And I saw a face today while praying. And you're in trouble. Because you feel like it. You know everything that needs to be known. But I want to tell you what. You better get your eyes glued upon your pastor. Or you'll blaspheme the Holy Ghost and be lost forever. Shall we stand? Let's lift our hands and love our God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Halamori Shikarabaya for I, the Lord, stand in thy midst this night to speak to this people. For I am not mocked, but I will do what my word says that I will do. But if thou will love me, worship me, give me all of yourself, then I will show you my glory, saith the Lord. My hands will be open to you and to your cry, and I will receive you into myself. And give you multitudes of people. For I, the Lord, 
love to see my people pure and holy, saith the Lord. Playing baby dolls is over with in the church today. Playing little games is over with in the church today. We're living on the brink of the rapture of the church. God's going to have a church that's, that's purged, that loves Him. Glory and loves Him supremely above all. I pastor a group of people that a large majority, they say, I love you. There's a man, young man, Mexican boy that been in church several years and I was at prayer meeting on Tuesday night before I left on Wednesday and he said, Pastor, I sure am going to miss you while you're gone. I love you so much. I said, pray for me. Pray for me, would you? Yes, sir. He said, Elder, I had a dream the other night. I dreamed that I was taking stumps out of the field. I was covering them over. God said, don't cover them over no more. Get them out. Get the stumps out. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Can't you love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength? Don't cover up the impure things. Don't cover up the things that's unlike God. I know I've preached hard tonight, but God has given this to me to give to you. I'm a faith preacher. I preach faith. I've seen thousands upon thousands receive the Holy Ghost. But God says, stop for a while and tell them what I will send them and what I will give them if they will love me. Oh, listen to me, saint of God. Don't blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Mocking the messenger that God sent you. Shall we lift our hands and love the Lord? Come home, come home, ye that are weary, come home. Oh, church, come home. The master's waiting for you to come on. The old dinner bell's ringing. I got something for you to eat. I got some good food for you. Calling for sinners. Come home, come home, come home. Oh, ye that are weary, these altars is open. Come home. This message needs to be preached in every church throughout the world. Hallelujah, Brother McDuffie, Brother. Preach it to warn them. God is tired of this foolishness. Oh, God, help us tonight. Help us tonight. Come on, let's come and pray through. Let's open our heart to the Lord. Let's get a refreshing from the presence of God. Oh, let's die that we might live. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. That is weary. Come home. Some things you may not understand, but if you'll find an altar, you'll understand it clearly. 
because God is not the author of confusion. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, come home. Come on, church, let's pray. Everybody, visitors, pray. Hallelujah. Jesus, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. 
One thing that you can do in your life is to honor God by loving His house and the things that pertain to His house. As a young boy, Dad always made me work many hours around the house of the Lord. My brother, too. There's two of us. My brother, he's 72 years old now, retired. And I asked him, I said, what do you do with your time? Well, brother, he said, I don't have too much to do. But he said, I try to spend at least three or four hours a day at the church. He said, taking care of the machinery and mowing the yard and taking care of the church. He said, I thought, thank you, God, for an inheritance of a family of a mother and a dad that sacrificed where we didn't even have shoes on our feet that the church could survive and the love for the church 
love for his building. That's the reason why I'm a preacher today. Is because a mother and a dad, a church that was going to be sold and no one would come to the rescue. And dad said, they'll never sell it over my dead body. They'll sell it. Dad took the old home place and mortgaged it and gave the money to the church and paid the church off. He said, no, they won't take my place of worship. Maybe the church can help me someday make the notes on my house, but it's the church. As an old sinner boy in the 50s, I never had the Holy Ghost. I knew there was something real. But when I drove by that old church at 1079 South Arlington Street, oh, I had a good job. Had a brand new convertible automobile, 1951. I'd drive by the old church. I said, someday, someday I'm going to make it right. Someday I'm going to make it right. Isha como yositala. Listen to me, Olathe. I go home. When I go home, I tell my wife, I said, you want to go with me? Where are you going? Up to church. <laughs> I want to look at it one more time. Oh, my Lord, you've looked at it for 25 years. Yeah. I know. I just want to look at it. I want to do some dreaming. I want to do some loving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the people you've given me, God. Thank you, Lord, for the building, God. <laughs> Why don't we lift our hands and say, God, thank you, Lord, for sending me, Brother Reagan. Thank you, Lord. If you're, if, if you're from his other, other churches here, thank him for your pastor. Pray. Thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, God. Hallelujah. And the man that prayed me through, he's dead now. He was like my daddy. Loved him so much. But my pastor's still alive. When I pray, I say, God bless him. I've heard people say, what about this? I don't believe a word of it. I love him. I don't care what he does. I love him. He had to be in my life. I wouldn't have been in the church tonight. I love him. Oh, Latha, you need to put your arms around this pastor. You ladies need to put your arms around sister. Regan says, thank you for coming. Love you so much. Can I clean your carpet? Can I mow the yard? Can I clean the weeds out of the flower bed? What can I do? Become occupied. My grandchildren, the youngest one, he's about 11 years old. He said, Papa, when you go to the church and work, said, make sure you pick me up. I want to go with you. I just love to work around the church. I want you to pick me up. just want you to. Oh, God, let the heritage go on. Let the heritage go on. 
All my grandchildren got the Holy Ghost. All my children have the Holy Ghost. It's because I love God and the things about God and the house of God. The people of God love the holiness of God. Why don't you lift your hands and reevaluate your love for him. God, we love you tonight. God, we love you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Loving God and loving the house of God and the things of God sure does pay off, brothers. I'll tell you it does. I'll be 66 next month, November. God's give me good health. My dad lived to ripe old age. He was the pallbearer. And every man that was in the old church where we attended, he was the pallbearer who helped carry him out. God was good to him. He died because his heart wore out. Doctors said if he'd had a new heart, he'd last for many, many years because he was in perfect health. Nothing wrong. Just his heart wore out. That's all. What oh, pays to live for God? It pays to listen to the voice of God. The things of God. Let's lift our hands and love our God as the pastor comes and finishes up tonight. Brother Riggin, God bless you. Oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Let's just love the Lord, everybody. Let's love the Lord. I love you, Jesus. 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 Just love him, everyone. Let's just love him. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. so thankful for my pastor I went to him when we were in Dallas and hugged his neck again and
told him how much I appreciate his love and the many times that he preached to me. I look at so much of my family. I see where they're at today. And I know that's where I would be as well if it was not for a man of God. Thankful for my pastor. Thankful for my pastor. I couldn't help but think.